Wednesday, August 23rd, and here we go on what is, without a doubt, the nicest day of the calendar year so far in San Francisco. It is gorgeous outside. It is blue sky and sunny in my neighborhood, and I live right in the middle of the fog belt, so if it's sunny in my part of the city... Downtown must be having a Chamber of Commerce level afternoon, so sundress conditions for all. Hello and welcome. What are you doing inside watching this? Go outside by the old oak tree and read a book, for goodness sakes. But thank you very much for watching. Uh, I do appreciate it. Uh, right away, I see the skills report is saying, I'd like to be the first to say good morning, Plusers, and indeed, good morning to all of you. It's going to be an effervescent day. I like that. I like that. Let's go with that. An effervescent day. Everyone have a good effervescent day today. All right. Uh, they're feeling a little effervescent and frisky down in Santa Clara. At least that was the report yesterday, which led to the thumbnail that maybe brought you here today because fighting's good mostly on an NFL field uh, as teams are getting sick and tired of seeing each other at training camp each and every day. You know, training camp fights happen really two times a year at the beginning of training camp. When everyone's trying to establish themselves, I've always said, if you're, if you're going to prison, you're going to want to get into a, a prison yard fight on the very first day just to let people know you're not messing around. Like I, I heard that Jack, my four-year-old, he got into a little fight on his first day of school or first day of daycare. He's not even in school yet. But I, you know, a part of me as a father was like, no, son, that's wrong. You don't do that. And another part of me as a father was like, yes, way to, way to you know, establish yourself as a dominant presence in the new school. So it's weird. You, you got a whole bunch of people at the beginning of training camp fighting and then a whole bunch of unfinished, uh, stacked up, Waiting to bubble over business means you get a whole bunch of fights at the end of training camp, too, when guys are really starting to see how they might not make the roster. They need to pop on that film one more time. Look, uh, Jordan Mason and Diamador Lenore apparently needed to be separated because the fight got a little real. Matt Barrows was reporting that full punches were being thrown. Fantastic. That means we're almost ready to achieve... Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me violence doesn't solve things. It certainly solved World War II, and it's something that you're going to want to bring to the party as soon as football begins for real. Again, this is for big, nasty people with bad intentions, and the cream starts to rise to the top right about here. Now, Kyle Shanahan uh, said that there is nothing to be worried about on the Nick Bosa front. Okay, you know, if if my negotiations as a GM with a player this obvious and important to the team were going on this long, I would probably take to the podium and tell you that, yeah, this is all operating the way I thought it was going to. Every, every step you're seeing is a step that I anticipated and planned for because that would make me look good. Look, I, I have told you that the deal with the 49ers, if you're a 49er fan, it, it's simple. Here's the deal. In Kyle Shanahan, you trust. Like, I don't know how you get out of bed feeling any other way as a 49ers fan because this guy runs the entirety of the operation. So it feels like the right thing for him to say, and all I can tell you is that he better be telling the truth. You know, Kyle Shanahan, the general manager, doesn't have much time to be 
jerking around with uh, talking to negotiations and agents right now to get a deal done that should be an easy deal to get done. He needs to coach a football team. He needs to get ready for Pittsburgh, which is right around the corner. Bosa, meanwhile, is in New York City. He has revealed his own location on an Instagram account. Look, it's it's hard to be further away from San Francisco and still be in the continental United States than being in New York. But if that's where his agent is, maybe this is the negotiation. It's all happening. 11th hour. All right. You know, the truth is uh, I have been, you know, at, at the forefront of telling you the training camp doesn't matter. And for players of Bosa's ilk, it matters even less. But you do want to see some actual football get underneath this guy's cleats before any football season starts for real. And that is not going to happen. Kyle Shanahan was just asked in his press conference with the media yesterday uh, why he's going to be playing some of his starters again Friday night against the Los Angeles Chargers. And here's what Kyle had to say. I'm quoting him. It's all about having guys ready to play real football. And there's so much that goes into mentally being ready, physically being ready. You can't have any hesitation in this game. When week one starts, people see that, and you can lose games very fast just by being a little bit off. You kind of build that with experience over your career. I've had guys that I've sat for entire preseasons, and they've fumbled on their first play when they get in, and then you kick yourself in the butt for it. It's just like, what was I doing? I've also played guys, and they get hurt, and you're like, what the hell was I thinking? It is the yin and yang of when to and not to play in the preseason. Here's the deal. If that applies to everyone on the team, it has to also apply to Nick Bosa, does it not? Like, you don't want to get a guy like that hurt. But again, there's no element of a snap of football that will ever be played where you might get hurt isn't baked into that pie. It's a main ingredient, as a matter of fact. So you really can't go about worrying about it. It's just part of doing business it really is it's part of doing business you could get hurt the other part of doing business as he's saying is getting guys ready and he believes that you can't really be ready with no real live snaps underneath you again TikTok on nick bosa they can continue to pretend that this is normal all the way through all that they want they can continue kyle can continue john lynch can continue to say all the right things at the podium about this is all that they anticipated that doesn't make what kyle said about the importance of getting some preseason snaps under your belt any less true so again the the deal that was time to get done a long time ago the time to get it done is absolutely right now as well nick bosa is going to go into the upcoming season naked i mean there's no other way to say it he will have no snaps of any real significance other than we're at a training camp this is practice level walkthrough and that's a great way for a guy like Nick Bosa to experience a little pull, a little ding, a little nick. I just, I'm, I'm worried. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not. There's nothing about Nick Bosa's conditioning that makes me worried about him. But not being football ready is, I believe, a concern for any football player. And you can't get football ready without playing a little football. That's just how it works. You can be in the greatest shape of your life. Football only vets actual football there's no other way to get ready for it you got to play in this league
a million Trey Lance fans are like nodding in agreement. Another thing that Kyle Shanahan also said that I thought was really uh, interesting, Larry Kruger was asking him about, all right, so the reality is, is you're going to carry all three of these quarterbacks. Are you going to be announcing a weekly backup quarterback, just assuming it's Purdy as the one the entire way through, are you going to be rotating backup quarterbacks? And Kyle Shanahan basically said, yeah, that's what I will be doing. It's going to be Darnold one week. It'll be Trey Lance the next. Uh, I wonder if that has to do with who you're using as a scout quarterback, getting ready necessarily. Um, if Trey would help the scout team and the defense prepare for a more mobile quarterback than on weeks where a more stationary quarterback might be better represented on the scout team from a guy like Sam Darnold, and that means all of a sudden Trey Lance is your two, not your three. It's it's going to be odd to see a rotating backup, but that is the world that the 49ers have moved into, and it looks like that's going to be the world that they're living in. Uh, I want to thank my sponsors as always. We begin with Ike. Appreciate Ike so very, very much. And you're going to appreciate the new sandwiches that he's offering. Premium sandwiches called the Arrow and Florin. And Florin, even though she's a vegetarian, she's freaking delicious. She really is. It's a delicious sandwich. The Wagyu pastrami sort of speaks for itself. I don't think I need to sell that to you. The Florin's a magnificent sandwich. Even though it's vegetarian, I almost wouldn't even know it. Uh, I, You know, I, 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 I can't believe I'm saying nice things about a vegetarian sandwich, but here I am. That is a magnificent creation from my friend Ike. Go try it yourself and find out yourself or, you know, any... Uh, any of the other magnificent sandwiches that he offers are really nice options too. Uh, thank you so much to uncle boys. I want you to go by and stop by this inner Richmond original, get yourself a burger to go get yourself lumpia, pick up the onion rings. You'll be awfully happy that you did a great burger to hit the road with get back home. Uh, it's uncle boys, get yourself one inner Richmond and get yourself a bottle of blackened. Look, it's almost, the Giants are collapsing. You need some liquor at home. Uh, you're going to need some blackened whiskey. Go ahead and pick some up at BevMo or wherever you purchase your fine liquors. And if they're not carrying blackened at your preferred liquor store, ask them to. They will probably accommodate you. Tell them the Plus Army is big and strong and it's loyal. It does things to help out the sponsors. So thank you all so very much. Thank you to my sponsors and Look, all I can tell you, if you are a Giants fan, you probably do need a stiff drink. Kyle Harrison, there's absolutely no doubt. He can hump it up there. I mean, he's got a real live arm on him. He can throw it at his effortless gas to the plate. Um, A lefty with a little bit of a hesitation move in his delivery. Uh, really enjoyed watching him. He throws arrows up there. He does. He's, he, he's going to be a good pitcher. What I don't like is 65 pitches. Like, that's it? That's it? Like, you babied him down in the minor leagues. You're going to be babying him here while you're bringing him up to get you through a pennant race? Again, I wouldn't have done that, but you chose to do that. And on a day where you got your most important pitcher in your organization in terms of a prospect, you're going to allow him only 65 pitches. And look, he was as advertised. He was a strikeout machine with an ERA that has been about four-ish all year long. And, you know, he serves up the home run, couple of hits, you know, no, no, no shame in any of that. But 
what you saw, this massive strikeout artist who allows some crooked numbers, is what you saw in his major league debut. 65 pitches, though? Like, feel free to allow a pitcher to pitch. You know what I mean? Like, this whole babying and pampering of pitchers just drives me nuts. 65 pitches. You should be settling into your start around 65 pitches. You want to go ahead and get him, get him out of there at the 90 pitch mark. You don't want him to see a hundred. All right. I want to crap on that too, but I guess I agree with it on some level of, you know, slowly starting your guy, but 65 pitches. Come on, man. Come on. You know, like I, you know, there, there's a reason why everyone in baseball kind of feels like a little bit of a pussy these days. And because you're asking for only 65 pitches is one of those reasons. What are you doing? Have him pitch. He's a pitcher. You got your biggest pitching prospect since what? Tim Lincecum, Madison Bumgarner, pitching pretty well in his major league debut, and you still managed to burn five relievers behind him? Like, what are you doing? You had Walker, Jackson, both Rogers twins, and Duvall, and you know things are going well when Duvall is giving up blown, you know, he's blowing, blowing saves and taking losses. And that happened last night in Philadelphia. Camilo Duvall gave up a two-run single. And if the Giants lose to the Phillies this afternoon, Broomhilda will be coming. It's been a terrible stretch of baseball at the most vital point of the entire season. So things ain't good in Giants land right now. Um, Alex Pavlovich said that the only Giants left-handed starters to hit 97 miles an hour in the last decade were Carlos Rodon and Kyle Harrison. Radon got 11 swinging strikes with a fastball against a really good lineup. He topped out at 97.6. And again, that's all really good. And he did have a lot of good Philadelphia hitters swinging through fastballs that they were not catching up with. He can really pitch. So let him. Let him. Look, you can't even explain to me how this team is going about evaluating its young players. You, you, you can't make it make sense. You can't. Um, by the way, Philadelphia has now increased its lead to four games over the Giants in the National League wildcard race. The Giants have lost 12 of their last 16. They're behind the Cubs and the Diamondbacks again. And in a tie with the Reds, who will be on the schedule as early as next week, they're fourth in the National League wildcard standings, they were leading those just a heartbeat ago. So it has been a massive regress. And when I said this is the most important stretch of the season, they decided to just poop themselves. Michael Lorenzen goes against Alex Cobb today. At least you got Cobb on the hill. It's a 105 start in Philadelphia. But look, you know, this team has brought up every young player it thought could help them and they're now realizing these young players aren't half as helpful as you hoped them to be as they projected out to be but for Patrick Bailey I don't think they have found a cornerstone anywhere you know they really haven't let's be totally honest and Wade Meckler good lord he's getting picked off over at first base every bit about him looks uncomfortable even his I'm trying to be hipster cool with this mustache looks forced at this point. Um, Wade Meckler 
has had about a rough a first week in Major League Baseball as a prospect can have. And what I don't understand is how's that guy given the fast track? Like, what did Wade Meckler do to appeal to the stingiest, most particular general manager in all of Major League Baseball? I don't get it. What is exactly, what is Farhan looking at before he makes a choice to start a major league clock? And why did Meckler qualify for it? You know, you had Ramos playing really good baseball, but not coming up. And I know that he was on the IL, but that did that 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 didn't have as much to do with it with how much Farhan likes to play the waiting game with some of these guys. But the one guy he rushes through looks as bad as anybody. I, I, I don't get it. How did he qualify for major league chances when other players will like rake for a month, two, month or two in minor league baseball and still not get a shot? How the Giants go about evaluating their players is a legitimate question. And why they decide to elevate some and not others, it just it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. It it just it's weird. They've given a lot of opportunity to young guys that they deemed are so important to the future that they couldn't be traded. And the bad news is, like most Giants ballyhooed prospects, the minute you get to know them, you start saying, well, this isn't very good. This isn't very good. Beyond Patrick Bailey, all of your prospects, it's not very good. You know, Kyle Harrison, okay, that was good. He can strike guys out. But he is exactly who he was in the minor leagues. He's a, he's a strikeout pitcher with an ERA over four. So, good luck with all of it. Good luck with all of that. I read a story that I, I, I wrestled with how much of it I really wanted to share with you. Because John Fisher has actually given... The Las Vegas Journal Review and Interview. What a dickhead. Um, basically, he, you know, he all the sell the team chants and all those t-shirts just went in one ear, right out the other. And he's got evil ears. And, you know, a man without shame cannot be shamed. And John Fisher is sports evil through and through and through. Um, I I wanted to read some of his finally on the record statements to you, but they are the most empty, can't be trusted, bullshit flavored statements that are filibustering. I mean, it's Dave Cavill empty, devoid of anything other than overt PR attempts with a new media and a new city that John Fisher's participating in here. You can't believe anything he says. He said that they've lost $40 million. I don't believe you. You know, I, I don't believe John Fisher or any number that they use to represent themselves in any way. Um, I will say this. John Fisher used the phrase super excited as often as a teenager talking about prom. We're just super excited. We're super excited. We're super excited. He's super excited. How old are you? A lot of flowering things were said about Oakland and, oh, they tried to stay and he really enjoyed working with mayors. No, you know, you didn't. 
No, you didn't. You didn't enjoy any aspect of it, which is why you were absent through all of it. And you were absent through all of it by design to make sure that it all went nowhere fast. There was never a legitimate effort by the A's to end up at Howard Terminal, not for a single solitary second. They offered up a poison pill dead on arrival deal that was supposed to land dead on arrival poison pill without John Fisher there to hammer a single thing through. The only hope any A's fan has is that other baseball owners vote no on relocation, and they won't, or John Fisher is caught in bed with an 11-year-old, which he won't be. There's really nothing to stop them from moving to, oh, to, to, to Vegas now. And that guy stinks, and I hope the whole thing's a failure, and I really do. I hope that Vegas buys in and instantly gets snake bit. Instantly. I, I just I I will be so rooting for every element of that organization to fail miserably for the rest of my life as long as John Fisher is involved. And the truth is, I really think John Fisher is looking to get his new deal done for the real estate that he wants to sell off in Las Vegas and watch him sell four or five years down the road in Las Vegas. When everyone in Las Vegas is like, oh, this guy sucks. He realizes, yeah, the only way for me to really be beloved here is to sell now. I hate him. I absolutely hate him. Wish bad things for all the fishers. I bet that's playing well over on the chat right now. I bet that's playing very, very well. Hey, Otis. Hey, Damon. Hey, Otis. Good to see you. Hey, everyone. Drew down. Down for a little hump day action. Thank you so much. We will be hopping into Club Plus to see what you're all talking about in just a little bit. Saw another story that I thought was uh, kind of interesting about just a tough situation, which every A's fan is in. Um, Stanford's Troy Taylor, Stanford's new head coach. You know, I was reading in the San Francisco Chronicle, Connor Letourneau penned a, an article about how this guy might have the toughest job of any first-year head coach in the country. And I thought about it, and he might be right. Like, in addition to overseeing a massive, massive rebuild that Stanford now has to go through, he's got to field questions about a future which he doesn't have the answers to. One of my favorite sayings about Stanford football um, is people, you know, wanted to make fun. Like, I love the whole intellectual brutality thing that Harbaugh crafted, that Shaw perfected there for a few years. And there are some really smart football players out there who are also outstanding recruits, elite-level athletes. And the old saying was simply, if you're smart enough to get a scholarship at Stanford, there's no way you're going to be dumb enough to turn that down. I always loved that. I seriously did. I always loved that saying. Um. How are you going to get any major recruit that is capable of qualifying for Stanford's incredibly strict admissions process to want to go to Stanford now if football is something they're considering part of their lives uh, as well as the academic process? Look, if all you wanted to do was play football because you liked it and you were good enough to do so in college, but you're also smart enough to go to Stanford to major in something else, um, that is important to you. Maybe you still go. But a full rebuild of a bad team that isn't going to take transfers, that isn't going to help name, image, and likeness, that isn't going to relax any admissions standards to get a single player in, 
that now can't even have a coach walk into a living room and tell you what the conference might be a year from now. Where's Stanford going to be? At the center of rebuilding a pack question mark or in the Mountain West or in the ACC or what? Operating as an independent? You know, what are you going to do? It's smart of any kid to be asking that question. And the smartest school in the country, uh, it doesn't have an answer. It's going to be slim pickings in terms of success on the field at Stanford and at Cal for a while. I mean, Justin Wilcox has got to be on the phone with his agent saying, get me the hell out of here. I mean, if you are are, are seriously a, a recruit considering Cal or Stanford, don't you have to be reconsidering that right now? You have no idea what the future holds for yourself going into college. The stability comes from the program you attach yourself to. Who's going to attach themselves to the two most unstable programs you're going to find in America? So it's a tough situation. A really, really tough situation. So there you go. Again, I'm not going to waste your time at all. An awful lot of TikTok going on for the San Francisco 49ers. Just get to the regular season as healthy as possible. Get Bosa in the tent and go play some football. That's what's that that that's where we are in that football season now. No more talk, no more preamble, two more practices left. Don't do anything at any of these practices to get anybody hurt. You go on the field, you see your starters flash for a minute in a preseason game on Friday against the Los Angeles Chargers. You get everyone that matters off the field as fast as possible. Get Nick Bosa into camp, and that's that. Giants. Quit pissing down your own leg. Your offensive plan, Farhan, just gets destroyed by good offense, by good teams. So, you know, take some notes, buddy. Take some notes. The way you think is a good way to win what one time proved to be 107 games gets crapped on by superior teams who've got real major leaguers. You got a formula that might get you through a regular season that will absolutely get you beaten in the postseason. And you can go back to the very dawn of Moneyball. This experiment has been run for 30 freaking years now. It could get you to the postseason, but it certainly won't get you through it. And in the Giants' case, again, facing real competition. It's not getting them anywhere but into that loss column more often than they want to be. Pac-12, everything remains an unmitigated mess of the first degree. Lou Wolf remains a... or a Lou Wolf. John Fisher and Lou Wolf, both of them. Screw them both. Uh, there's just completely... There, there's a reason why John Fisher doesn't talk to the media. It's because he talks like a teenage girl. I'm super excited about Las Vegas. We're super excited about a new stadium. We're super excited. What are you, what are you clown? <sighs> I'm going sip of the day right there. Hopefully you had the over today. I didn't look. But we are going to get into Club Plus. We're going to do it right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're listening on the podcast, whether you are watching on YouTube, it's great to have you here. Make sure you subscribe. Please hit that like button and get ready for a little clubbing because that's what we're doing right now. I just want to remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.